I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. I'm Patty Teal here with Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson and our special guest from Montecito Bank and Trust. Vicki, would you introduce her? Absolutely. We're so happy to have back with us Sean Dyer, Senior Fraud Specialist at Montecito Bank and Trust. She always has important information for us. So, Sean, what is the bank saying recently that we need to know about? Well, hi, Vicki and Patty, and thanks for having me back again. You know, fraud is just always happening. And right now we've seen a few customers who not all have been victims, but some have actually reported to us before they fell victim, but a Norton LifeLock scam. I think most people are familiar with Norton antivirus. And of course, LifeLock is the service that's supposed to help you with identity theft where they'll cover everything. But scammers out there sending emails stating that they are LifeLock Norton and there's been some sort of compromise and of course click on the link and follow all their instructions which always leads to a fraudulent website or the instructions are get the gift cards or go to your bank and take out cash and so forth. So it's just the same story and they just start going back around and recirculating those emails and some people respond, click on the links, call the phone number that's in the email. We just warn you anytime you get anything like that, go back to a source that you know. And if you never had Norton or you never signed up for LiveLock, then it's obviously a scam. But again, sense of urgency there's been some sort of a breach and it makes us think we need to act on this right away. Right. The pattern is always the same, even though the names of the supposed players are different. Now it's the the scammers are impersonating Norton, but it's the same scenario. If you have somebody that's contacting you saying that there is a problem with whatever, your LifeLock program, your credit card, your bank account, as soon as you hear those words, there is a problem. Red flag, your warning should be up. And as soon as they say you need to click on a link, huge red flag. Just get out right then. Hang up, delete, whatever you have to do. Don't fall for it. So now it's Norton. Okay, well, thank you for warning us about that one. What else have you got? Another is, again, a repeat situation, but it's kind of been hitting some of our customers recently. And it's it's business email compromise. So that's an old story. Businesses conduct a lot of their business with their vendors via email to send invoices back and forth. And in the process, whether it's the vendor's side or our customer side, the email gets hacked. And so the fraudster takes over acting like the vendor and they switch or change just a letter in the email address, but they've continued on the email string that was valid. Every time you go back and forth with someone, look at that email up in the email section, not where their signature is and their title, where they might also have their email address, but up at the top and see if it's exactly the same. So in these particular situations that have happened most recently, it's vendors that are legitimate, that our customer would pay 
fraudster cuts in and now says, oh, and by the way, several possibilities. Either we're having an audit right now. So we've changed our account that we'd like you to pay the invoice to, or we've had fraud and we have a new account, or we now want you to send it via ACH where you may have always mailed out a check. They'll change it up enough and then they provide a new bank name, new account number, business name, vendor's business name is still the same, but they've opened a fraudulent account somewhere. Now, when our customer initiates these ACH transactions, when it's our business clients, most of them in their online banking, they're able to send that off. They're not coming into a branch. So nobody's asking them questions. Did anything change? How did you get this information? They're doing it all on their own, which is so unfortunate because it's a scam. They authorized the transaction. They performed the transaction. So we cannot submit a request to say that it was unauthorized. They got scammed, but they did authorize the transaction. And these are large dollar amounts and they're not going to get the money back because they usually don't find out until the real vendor says, I still haven't received my payment. And then it's usually at least a couple of weeks, most of the time. So same thing, business email compromise. If you're doing business that way, check that email address every time. Pick up the phone, call your vendor to verify. Did you just send me an email to change the payment method? That's the easiest way to avoid this whole situation. Yeah. Well, the scary thing about that and the way I see that people can get caught up is if it's part of the same email, if they just hook into that email stream so it's not coming out of the clear blue sky, it's part of the communications that have already taken place. I certainly don't check each time. I don't check the email each time to see if it's coming from the same person. But that's really good advice. And again, the big red flag is that they're asking you to make a change as to where you're going to send the payment. So as soon as you hear that or see that, do things the old-fashioned way. Pick up the telephone. Sean, is that possible that they could be part of the same email thread? They insert it because they just can copy and paste and start it over, but they are literally right in there after a one, and then they are the reply because now Mm -hmm. they've got into the email, but they've got into Nobody checks that carefully, so I could certainly see how you could be fooled by that. Once again, you've got to be aware of the red flag there. We're going to change where you send the money. Huge, huge red flag. That's where you should just click off whatever you're doing, call the vendor and verify whether or not the person you think you're communicating with is really the vendor or a fraudster. Oh, and I know so much money can be lost this way. It's just frightening to think about. It is. Our hands are tied as far as what we have the ability to do at the bank. And they can go to law enforcement, but the money's gone and it's not staying here in Santa Barbara. It's at a big bank and it's somewhere else out of state. They're waiting. They're just waiting to get it and it's gone. Yeah. And they're moving on to their next victim. You know, it's amazing that this scam is still happening because we've had so much communication about it and we've had so many warnings and so much news about it that it's sort of surprising that this is still going on. You think that businesses would have a protocol in place and I'm sure a lot of them do. But again, the scary part is if it's a part of that same email stream, 
maybe the protocols don't kick in at that point, but the protocol should kick in right at the moment they say, send the money somewhere else, send the payment to another location or another person. Okay, so what else is going on? The same old story. Don't send out checks in your mailbox. Fraudsters are still out there and they can be working individually or more often it's a gang and they'll just go down a street that looks kind of like nobody's on the street and they'll just open every mailbox, take out the mail, and then they alter the checks, alter the payee, and it just continues. As long as people can write paper checks, this will never end because it's just too easy for a fraudster to do it especially with mobile deposit or ATM deposit, because they can wash that payee name line, take a picture of it for the mobile deposit. A human isn't looking at it to say, that looks a little strange. So the money will go through and they'll be able to pull it out before the victim is aware that the check was altered. Mail fraud has been at an all-time high for quite some time now, and we know it's happening And I always tell people, if you're going to mail a check, walk it into the mailbox. If you don't have a locked mailbox, which we do on our street, because we have the kind of street that would be ripe for that kind of fraud, because lots of mailboxes lining the street, it would be very easy for somebody to just drive by, quickly open the box, take out whatever is in there and move on to the next box. We immediately got a locked mailbox when we realized what was happening. But more importantly, if I ever write a check, I walk it into the post office. I put it on the counter in front of a live human being working at that counter, and I feel much safer. I don't stand in line because my checks are ready to go. They're addressed. They've got stamps on them. So all I'm doing is sort of tiptoeing in, putting my checks on the counter and walking out. I'm really not disturbing anybody and I'm not waiting in line. So it's not a difficult thing to do. But thank you once again, Sean, for reminding us of that because it continues. And the banks, of course, see it because you see the altered checks eventually, probably when your customers come to you and say, hey, wait, I didn't write this check. What's going on? Yeah. And this is the part, particularly with these altered payee, when the customer finds out, we have to send it on collection. They don't get reimbursed immediately. They have to sign an affidavit of forgery and it gets U.S. mailed to the bank that negotiated the item. And I think I've mentioned this before, due to COVID, the banks, especially the large banks, are really backed up and they're only just processing collections that they received back in October. So it will take months and months before the customer will get their funds back. So don't put checks that you're mailing out into unlocked mailboxes, please. In our neighborhood, I know it's just rampant. People get their checks taken out of their mailboxes all of the time because there are many streets where there's not a lot of traffic. They're kind of winding country roads and nobody's going to see you if you open a mailbox. And then sometimes there's long driveways. The resident isn't going to be watching to see if somebody's taking mail out of their box. It's just as easy as can be. People really have to be aware of it. And thank you for once again, bringing it to our attention. Yeah, thank you for the great reminders. Even though we've heard these before, they're still going on. So they can't be repeated too much. So thank you once again, Sean, for being on the show. We really appreciate your information. Thank you. Do you have time to stick around for our good news? Sure. Okay. 
All right. So here's some good news. And here's the headline. New York man pleads guilty for his role in a computer fraud scheme that targeted the elderly. So we've talked a lot about computer tech fraud and what that means. And in this particular case, fraudsters tricked victims into thinking that they needed tech support. And so these fraudsters would offer to fix their computers, which probably weren't broken in the first place, but they would contact the victims and get access to their information in their computer, take over the ability to manipulate things in the computer. Then they were doing the work, supposedly the customer would pay the bill. And then all of a sudden, this was sort of a clever little twist on this old scam. The fraudster would say, oh, well, you know what? You are entitled to a discount. And so I have to give you that discount. Let's go back into your computer. Give me access to your bank account. And I am going to give you the discount. And then it goes on from there. And the fraudster made it look like the victim actually owed money. Anyway, the fellow that pled guilty was actually a money mule. This scam originated, of course, out of the country. I thought this quote was interesting. This came from the Department of Justice. Without money mules, many foreign fraudsters find it difficult to profit off of U.S. victims. So money mules actually play a big part in the frauds that are occurring out of the country. So it's important that our Department of Justice and the FBI try and find these people that are operating in this country as money mules and are able to prosecute them and get convictions because it does cut that pipeline. It does cut off the access that the fraudsters out of the country have to the money that is coming from our victims. So I thought this was some good news and also a warning, don't act as a money mule. (laughs) If somebody is using you to move money from one location to another, cut off access to that person. You are being used. Great advice, because I think so often they're inadvertent money mules. They don't really understand what's happening. Absolutely. Well, Vicki, would you just give your fraud hotline before we say goodbye today? So my fraud hotline is area code 805-568-2442. And again, 805-568-2442. Thank you, Vicki. Thank you, Sean. Thanks to everybody at Montecito Bank and Trust. We really appreciate you. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.